So I just want to get this out of the way early. I apologise for the audio on this episode. Someone, this idiot, snapped the memory card which had the microphone audio on it. Therefore, I've had to send the audio of the cameras to some nerds and they have extracted extracted as much of the background noise as they can. So I apologise for that. I am doing another episode with this gentleman. So I just want to say I apologise for the audio. And this episode is with my barber, Nick Connolly, the owner of Connolly & Co Barbershop on the Gold Coast. So please check them out. He keeps me looking fresh. Keeps my mullet fucking flowing and he keeps me beard looking good. Also, special shout out to Cowboy Grooming Co who have supplied me with my beard oils which keep my beard non-itchy, feeling silky smooth and looking fresh. So now, let's get into it. You are now listening to the Off-Season Podcast. Where we have intriguing chats with intriguing people. Oh yeah, tell me more. And now, your host, Kyle. Alrighty, this week we are sitting in Connolly Barbershop with Nick. Nick, Nicky. Oh, well, you know, he's, um, he's a funny thing. Like, uh, we had like three three groups of mates back in the day called Nick. Yeah. And uh, I was wearing this hoodie, and um, it was an Alwood skate brand hoodie, and it had a big E on it. So, um, by high school, it was Nicky. Yeah. Yeah, and it's stuck ever since. Yeah, it threw me the E, did throw me. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've been a barber here in on the Gold Coast for. Oh, um, Eight years. Eight years? Eight years, yeah. I moved here in uh, 2015. Yep. From? Um, Christchurch, NZ. Yep. Yeah. Uh, previously doing hairdressing since I was 17. Yep. All up, like, 18 years. I've seen it, you know, like the fashion, the trends, you know, come and go. Uh, I've noticed um, barbering's kicked off probably the past eight years, yep. nine years. We see more of a more of a need, I guess, for um, that man space. Yeah. You know, something more healthier than um, you know, cash up local pub. You know, <laughs> that's very true. I, I do enjoy um, the barbering aspect. You know, I like barbering because uh, it's it's a funny one. Like you know, it's such a tough masculine kind of um, portray the image. Yeah. But. In the day, it's men playing with other men's hair. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you haven't always been a barber. No, no, no. I was uh, I was a hairdresser to begin seventeen, uh, seventeen years old. Started hairdressing. Started was it was purely just a, just a joke. You know, I wanted to um, meet girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good spot to do it, I suppose. Yeah, well, well, uh, hairdressing kind of uh, it took a turn. I actually I was really, really good and I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I kind of like the creative kind of side of things, yeah. and just the people. I love people. Meeting girls. Meeting girls was, <laughs> was a bonus. But in fact, um, hairdressing for so long, it kind of put me off girls. Yeah. You know, and I needed, you know, to get back in the man mood. Yeah. You know? So when you were younger, did you want to be a hairdresser or a barber? I wanted to be in the military. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy switch. Um, Left school, 15, 16, trained up to do special forces, and I failed medical. Yeah, right. Yeah. What was wrong? Asthma. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't think that was going to be an issue. Yeah. It was. It was, uh, the training's up, up in, I think it's pretty high up in the mountains, and uh, with my asthma, it was pretty bad back then. Yeah, right. So it kind of uh, took, a, took a turn. So... Took a year off, you know, 17, uh, just reassessed, and I saw, I've seen this, uh, you know, this, uh, this academy, um, this Hedrison Academy, and you know, 60 women you know, walking out of this academy, <laughs> and I'm outside having a coffee at this cafe with the boys, and I'm like, what? What's that? And I said, oh, it's the Hedrison Academy. And I said, fuck, I'm not a hairdresser, right? <laughs> so I just walked in and signed up. Yeah. And the the rest is history. True. Yeah. So you did hairdressing for about twelve years. Fuck. 
True. Yeah. 12 years. Yeah. All right. And then that transitioned into barbering. Yeah. Well, basically, people would like ask, what's the difference with hairdressing and barbering? Hairdressing is uh, more, a lot of colour work, a lot of scissor work. You've got, you know, blow waves, hair ups, chemical work, perms. You know, it's mainly directed at females, you know. A lot of my, I guess, back then was 80% female clientele. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about yeah, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, men were getting haircuts every two, three weeks. You know, you're lucky you're getting a haircut every six to eight weeks. Yeah. You know? Uh, guys, guys' hairstyles weren't, weren't short. It was more scissors. And basically, it was a lot of colour work. A lot of men had colours, you know, I'd say... Probably late, my early twenties. You know, there was a lot of colour work. These days, uh, I'm noticing a trend with um, barbering. Guys are getting perms now. Guys are starting, you know, chucking a bit of colour here and there. Yeah. You know, it's um, it's evolving. Yeah. That's cool. I'm enjoying it. Big time. It is. You've got a very loyal clientele in your shop. We've got a big clientele. Yeah. We've got a massive clientele here. Uh, it's it's cool because we're tucked away. So. Uh, I'm directed at more locals. Yeah. You know, I want I want to be a hit uh, like a hidden gem. Yeah. If you know, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a good little spot. It's a very safe space. Yeah, it's it's private. Um, the inspiration to you know Colin and Co was basically probably about six years ago. Uh, I went on a cruise with my partner, and it was a, a Great Gatsby theme um, cruise. I never watched the movie Great Gatsby, and I fell in love with the movie. Just uh, like, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's, a, it's an awesome movie. It's, it's, a, it's a love story, you know, and it really kind of uh, it took me away from reality. And you know those movies you watch, and it just takes you away from everything around you, you know? That's what I wanted to um, kind of create with Colin Co. Yeah. I wanted to create a place that, you know, it's just tucked away. You walk in here, the barbers are in suits, you're offered a whiskey or a beer, and you just you're just in this comfort, you know. This this means very masculine, yeah. But at the same time, it's it's very warming and welcoming. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely what you feel when you walk in. Everyone says hello. And you yeah. Your beer. Yeah. Well, I wanted to change the game. I felt like when I first moved to Australia eight years ago, there was no bookings in barber shops. Um, barbers didn't have their own clientele. You know, you had to wait an hour, an hour and a half to get a, to get a haircut. You know, for me, I, I find having the hairdressing background, it was more structured. You know, like, it should be fun. You know, booking a haircut shouldn't be stressful. Yeah. Coming in and getting a haircut shouldn't be a maintenance thing. Like, you should want to go to get a haircut, chat with the boys, you know. Um, you know, your barber should be the guy you chat to. He should know, basically, you know, your life. Well, yeah, that's actually very interesting because I was thinking about it today and I was like, apart from yourself, who now I'm standing up all the times, yeah. I've only had one other barber in Sydney, Muhammad. He was this Middle Eastern dude in Penrith. He was always good for a chat, he was lovely, it was, but otherwise, it's kind of just been floating around. Like, it's, I feel like we've lost in this generation uh, the art of chat, yeah. art of conversation. You know, it's, it's sad. But I really, really hope, I think in the past few years we've all noticed, you know, a lot of these um, men's groups and we're talking more about men's health. And I, I really hope the barbering scene takes a turn and we start, you know, getting together more, catching up with our clients, not, and, you know, not just for work purposes, but creating these uh, men's sheds community. Because a lot of these barbershops, like, have no idea the potential they have what they're creating, you know. It's, it's not a service. I'm not here to cut hair and leave go home. You know, like, I actually take interest in my clients, you know. I'm interested in what they do. I wouldn't be where I am today without my clients. Yeah. Because I, like I like to know knowledge and I like to ask questions. Yeah. You know. I think it's harder to find a good mum than it is to find a woman. To be honest, that is very true. <laughs> um, I think with the barbering, uh, the barbers haven't realised yet, you know, that it's about consistency. It's not about how many haircuts you cut in a day, but it's how many you come back. Yeah. And well, like we said, everyone is very loyal here. Yeah, well, 
be my staff. You know, I've got I've got one single barber here. I'm looking for another barber, but I'm not desperate right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been through a few. Uh, yeah. Um, I think my my retention's like 96, 97 percent retention rate. Clients come back booking in. Yeah, right. And um, my other senior, this is 91, 92 percent. Yeah, yeah. It's a good strike, right? And now you've got an apprentice as well? I've got an apprentice, high school apprentice. Uh, he works two days a week here. Yeah. Basically, um, I feel like I want a mentor. Yeah. You know, um, just there's a lot of influences out there and not all good. <laughs> so I, I kind of feel like I want to be you know, one of these good ones who kind of can influence just young guys, young men, you know. Yeah. We have we have all range, ranges of guys here. Like, fortunately, we have guys from the age, you know, first haircuts to I think my oldest client's like probably 90. Yeah, yeah, and, and he comes in because it, um, it brings him back to when he was when he was a little boy with his dad going to barbershops, right? Yeah, so for me, that's a special thing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That is cool. Now, you personally have the most messed up routine I've seen. You are <coughs> awake at... Who knows what time and at the gym at what 3.30 in the morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, um, the thing is, if I don't go to the gym in the mornings, I can't sleep. Yeah. So, my, my brain is rattled constantly. Um, and it's not bad. It's just, I constantly think. Yeah. Um, basically, I try and find some time alone. You know, I, I've got three kids and uh, two of my kids are in the Gold Coast live with me and Two and a half and four and a half years old. They're up at five thirty-six in the morning, every morning. So if I want to get a steady hit, I need to go to the gym before they wake up. Yeah. So every time I get up, guys, it's three a.m. or three thirty. Oh, I smash so gym. Gross. Yeah, it's, it's so it's, gross. Fuck, trust me. <laughs> it takes a while, like a couple of days, two or three days, to get into a rhythm. Yeah. Um, the problem is, I get too obsessed. So, what happened, I was getting up at two in the morning. I was trying to live off four or five hours of sleep a day. Uh, and you know what? It all catches up to me. Yeah. You know, like, I think after about six weeks of doing that, um, and I, was, I had influenza A, got sick. Yeah. And and that's your body telling you, man. Are you going to rest? Yeah, yeah. They're definitely caught out. Yeah, I, I go, go, go because uh, I just I enjoy what I do. You know, like I like my life. Um, I love my friends and clients, and I look in the mirror and I like the guy. You yeah. know, and not many men can say that. Yeah, no. You know, I've got I've, I've been through, I've been through hell and back, but. It's, it's, it's not a sad story, yeah. you know. I think we've all got chapters in our life, um, and you know, our life is a, is a book. You know, you can you can rewrite chapters any time. Yeah. It's up to you. Yeah, big time. Now, are you originally from New Zealand. What is your background? Okay, a lot of you ask me because you look like Jason Momoa, <laughs> which I'm sure you get a lot. <laughs> Someone's Brad Pitt turned to Yeah, so so this is interesting. Um, so, I'm half Irish and I'm half Indian. Indian? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah my mum's Hindu. True. So, yeah, and um, I was raised Hindu, yeah. Catholic, and I am a Christian. Yeah, right. And I'm, I'm all about the universe and manifesting and affirmations, and I love anything new. Yeah. You know, I'm open to everything. You know, like, I, I'm not biased with anything, man. Like, I think... I mean, it's 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 better to it's better to love them all. Yeah. But you were raised in New Zealand. Yeah, I was I was raised in New Zealand. Um, I've also got a Canadian passport. My my mum's oh, Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm a mix. Um, I was I, I grew up like you know uh, a rough area of Christchurch. Yeah. Um, mainly in the back in Seville most of the time, but I had a beautiful family. You know, great mum, great dad. Um, you know, they, they put the time into raising us and spending time with us, especially uh, with me having ADD. Yeah. You, you could, uh, every sport you can think of, I've done. You know, I was very creative. Uh, my parents never limited me, uh, never said I couldn't do anything. They'd always support me. 
and I feel like it's it's very important these days, you know, for for these young kids to, um, you know, be encouraged. Yeah. Fucking aim for the moon. It starts. Fuck it. Hundred percent. Um, I think the game changer for me was probably high school. Uh, my dad took me to a high school other side of Christchurch, which I knew no one. You know, I was I was the only one from my intermediate, that's middle school, who went to that high school. And it was a chance for me to, um, I guess, reinvent myself. As a child, I was quiet, I stuttered, I was mute, couldn't read or write. Uh, didn't have any friends, and I had low self-esteem. Used to see a speech therapist, and basically, uh, the speech therapist said to me, um, you know, when you're reading out lines or you're role-playing, you don't stutter. You know, you, you, you kind of adapt into the character. She's like, I want you to write down your alter ego. You know, so I wrote down all these kind of, you know, you know, happy, confident, smiling, you know, kind of guy. And eventually I, I became my alter ego. So over a few years in high school, but no one knew me. No one knew that I used to stutter. I didn't stutter in high school. You know, I became my alter ego. Right. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, cool. it's it's cool, uh, and and it keeps evolving. Yeah, you know? like um, I guess all oh, when I was hairdressing, the, the hardest thing about hairdressing was uh, it's a very female dominant area. Yeah, you, know? you try to be a seventeen year old boy telling your mates you're a hairdresser, and they're all mechanics and builders and engineers. Yeah, you copped a lot of shit. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine until they want you to set them up with. Fuck that's it. <laughs> hey, I'll, sh- I'll show you my work, dude. You show me yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know? yeah. I had fun. I, I think um, challenging being a, being a guy is your twenties. Yeah. Twenties is, is, is tough. Um, you know, you're you know you're realizing who your roommates are, the mates in high school. You know, the, the, your best mate in high school, you don't catch up with anymore because he's too busy working or he's got a girlfriend. You got new jobs. You're trying to find a career. Trying to find a passion. Pressure of uh, you know your twenties. I'm, I'm I'm hearing these clients who are in the twenties. They're thinking they've got to have it all. Yeah. You got to have the house deposit. You got to have Bitcoin. You got to have investment. You got to have a side hustle. You got to know what you're doing. Fuck. I moved here when I was 28. Yeah. I started fresh. And trust me, like we put way too much pressure on ourselves. Yeah, big time. Especially with the whole house thing. Oh, need a nice car. Yeah. Nice car. Nice house. Yeah, it's, it, it's sad. Because, you know, like, there's no finish line. Yeah. And you're going to wake up one day and realise that. That life's just passed you by. And you're too worried about tomorrow or next week or the bills. You know, a good friend of mine once said, um, if money's your only problem, well, that's the less you want. Yeah. You know? And a lot of people these days... They have, they, they're telling us the stress, money's tight, you know? And we'll have a look at your, your expenses. You yeah, yeah, You're living pretty comfortable. Yeah. The money's still tight. Yeah. I'm pretty sure our parents didn't have a couple, couple hundred bucks, 300 bucks to spare every week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? Well, yeah. And some people just say to call some things. Yeah, like, I, I feel like we live in a world that we won't sacrifice our comfort. You know, um, I like a challenge. Yeah. Um, as my dad always said, I was born with an ego. You know, <laughs> the thing is, I was, but I was—I didn't know how to express it. Yeah. You know, I was a bit of a naughty kid, um, just because I was frustrated. Yeah. I—I I do now have um, have a four-year-old son who <laughs> and had a two and a half-year-old daughter. <laughs> who had the same symptoms as me. Your son's got the ego. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, my, well, my daughter's got the ego and the confidence. My son just has up behavior issues. Do you yes. enjoy having young kids? Yeah, well, um, I was a father at 18. Yeah. So I've got a 16-year-old boy. And uh, I guess a lot of us don't have a second chance about being a parent. You know, and, well, I got a, I got a gift. You know, I got a second chance of being a dad in my 30s. And prior to that, I was a great dad in my teens, in my, in my 20s, but one thing that, you know, I, I appreciate now is being more present with my kids, you know, as they're young and, and learning and teaching them. Yeah. And I guess teachers, you know, 
kids are our greatest teacher. They slow us down. They ask us a lot of questions. And I feel like, I feel like, you know, with, with time going so far, going, going so quickly, you know, we don't just stop and just stare at our children and think, wow, you know, they're a human being. And they've got thoughts and feelings just like us, but they can't regulate our feelings, their feelings. So we need to take our time and, you know, and understand, you know, stop, listen, listen to your kids, play with them. Fuck, life's about playing. Do you find it hard to manage the whole work life? You know, um, I did. I put way too much pressure on myself. You know, having kids in business, I work too hard and I stress too much about the kids. And it reared to the top, you know. I feel like you need to step back a bit. I think we're always planning for tomorrow, but tomorrow may never come. So I feel like now I slow down a bit. Uh, I'm not in such a rush. Um, I, I enjoy sometimes, you know, like running a bit late for work. <laughs> you know? Give my, give my kids a bit of extra cuddles, yeah. you know? Um, I get home sometimes doing a 10 hour shift, and, you know, it was like, cuddle me, give me a kiss goodnight. <laughs> and, you know, and I've just done 10 hours, and I'm bugging. But when you're sitting on the end of the bed and you're reading her book, and she says she loves you, then, you know, that, that gives me the, gives the momentum and the, and the drive, yeah. you know. I don't want my kids to, to grow up and not know their father, yeah. you know, because we have a lot of issues these days of daddy issues, and not just talking about this woman, to about men, oh, a lot of men 100%. have daddy issues, you know. Like, <clears throat> yeah. I used to have them, you know, we had daddy issues. A lot of us men, we just want our dads to give us a call and say, hey son, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. We're waiting for our dad to give us a call and say, I love you. Yeah. You know? But the one thing that, you know, I, I've kind of realised that how many of us have called our parents up and have been grateful or showed gratitude of what they've sacrificed. Um, no one was born to be a parent. We have to learn. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you said that because I just watched something with, um, do you know Shannon Sharp is? The old NFL Hall of Famer. No, but, but explain, explain. Yeah, yeah so he's, he's an older, well he's not older, maybe 50s or whatever now, ex-NFL star, like Hall of Fame. And he was running through on a podcast about how his granddad like would never say, I love you, to his dad. So then his dad never said it to him and has passed down. And then he had said something to his dad about it, like, you've never said I love you. And he goes, put a roof over your head, put food on the table, that's me saying I love you. And so, like Shannon walked through it about how men have to come out and tell their kids that they love them and they're proud of them, because otherwise... Well, the thing is, you've got to understand with with our parents, their childhood. Yeah. You know, and it's passed on, passed on. You know, I always tell people, apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You know, and it doesn't have to repeat itself. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I find um, my dad was an Irish Catholic, and he grew up hard times. Uh, he lost his dad when I was born, so you can imagine, you know, he's the eldest out of four children, and being 30 years old and having me, and then his dad passes on like, three months later. You know, I didn't understand how much of the impact that was to my dad um, until recently, a couple of years ago, when he started doing some more research on his father, and he started, you know, understanding his dad more. And it comes to terms. I come to terms with it that my father lost his dad when I was born. You know, and I'm 35, and I'm really getting close to my father now. Yeah. I couldn't imagine losing my dad at 30. You know, like, in our late 20s, we kind of, we drift apart from our parents. I think we're trying to find our own self. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. But I, like, I swear, man, it takes a phone call or drop that pride. Yeah. You know, because once you get to know your, your parents, you see a whole new side. Yeah. There's people. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've learned, like, yeah, I was, um, you know, had my, had my son at 18, 19. You know, there was a few things that I would change. I probably wouldn't have gave my phone as much. <laughs> but, you know, like, I used to get a red phone, like, here, mate, just take it. Fuck. Yeah. 
you know, make me just do one thing and you put on the phone. Yeah. Um, I wasn't as present as I, as I should have been, but hey, I was, I was 18, 19. Yeah. yeah. I was still learning how, who I was. And I started to learn on the job. Yeah. But, you know, like, we're pretty good now. Yeah. I go to New Zealand, he comes over here, you know, we talk on the phone, we miss each other, and it's exciting. He's 16, not 35. It's crazy. He's still young. Yeah, he's, he's still, still young. Yeah. So are you. Yeah, well, when he's, when he's 21, I'm 40. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You can still um, go out together. It's not weird. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, I have a, seven, have a son who's 16, but then also having kids who are 4 and 2 now. Yeah. Um, I'm a lot more chill. I'm more, you know, <laughs> I guess I'm a lot more tolerant. Yeah. You know, I was. You know, I used to, I used to run my house like Iron Fist, you know, like when I was younger. I thought I needed order. Everything had to be done at a certain time, at a certain time. Perfect. You just realise, you know what, kids just want to play. So I know that you used to, used to have a, um, a men's club? Yeah, yeah, so I kind of wanted to um, get into the more like the, the kind of the, uh, more of the community. Yeah. It was inspired, I guess, Three years ago, when uh, when I was working from home in a single garage, um, that's where it all started. You know, working from home in a single garage, and my partner had our first, um, my, my second son at the time. And the one thing I, I didn't really expect was the community. You know, like I used to, my all my neighbours. I worked across the street from a primary school, and it was a busy street, and. Happen, so happened to be that outside my house was a was a zebra crossing. So everyone had to slow down. And I used to have the gates open. And it was cool. You know, like it was like I started getting people beeping, waving, um, neighborhood, you know, guys walk past, say hi. This is all during lockdown? Yeah. Yeah. This is all going through all COVID, yeah. you know. Um, and the one thing that I didn't expect was the community. You know, you start knowing everyone down your street and I feel like that was more momentum to us to you know, get back to basics we assume too much when we see people on social media that their lives are happy and, and everything's going well you know but I don't think we ask enough questions and we don't have that time that downtime we catch up with our mates parties town you know, RSLs or social events, but we don't really talk just about life. Yeah. And I feel like uh, we've got too much distractions around us that when you create a men's group and you don't provide alcohol, you don't have the music on, you don't have, you know, I guess the, the background noise, you just start talking about everyday stuff. You realise that we're actually all kind of kind of in similar positions, you know. And and we get a lot of good advice. You know, this men's group we've got, you know, guys in their teens, their twenties, thirties, forties, sixties, and you know, I think we'll we'll go through different chapters, go to the stage of building a career, and then you go through the stage of meeting your partner, and you travel, and you get, get and then you engage, and you learn to live with each other. <laughs> and then you have children, and then you learn you have two different parent styles. You know, and not to kill each other. Yeah, yeah, fuck. You know, and also uh, these men's groups, you get advice from a lot of different men, and I feel like what we've lost, and this is what I'm trying to create in the barbershop, is a place where you have all walks of life and all ages of men sharing wisdom and experiences. Because, you know, we learn from our dads and our dads learn from their dads. And normally we had grandparents around. Yeah. So your grandparents would tell you, take it easy, be slow, you know. Yeah. And the thing is, when you have when you have kids and you start watching your parents start being grandparents towards your kids, you realise they, they're a bit more chill, they're a bit more relaxed. You know, and it's just an age thing. Yeah. It's just like you just pass on the wisdom. Yeah. In our twenties, we're fucking we're full go, like go 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 go. We got a chest out, back straight, and we're on the defensive. You know, you get to your mid thirties and forties, and you kind of learn to love and care and and be kind. You know, and and 
Man, I don't even know what's going to arrive when I'm 40, 50s. Fuck, I can't wait. What? Oh, I'm excited. That. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it only gets better. Time's going too fast. I know, but it's, 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 you know what? It's, a, it's beautiful. You know, I feel like the man I am today versus the man I was 10 years ago when I was 25, fuck. Yeah. Day and night. And the most exciting part about that is the next 10 years. You know, we're all growing. Yeah. At least you're going backwards. <laughs> but I feel for you, boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm scared. I'm 30 next year. I don't want that. Oh, mate. I'm going stay where I am. Twin, twins hard. You know, like, I feel like in your 30s, it's a, it's a great unknown. Yeah. You know, like, plus we put all this pressure on ourselves. Like, we all, we all thought in our 30s we were going to get a lot different than we were. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, it creeps up on you real quick. I haven't eaten half the goals I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> Which. But. But really, you got to come down to it. That's your own expectations. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, I feel like we need to be, uh, you know, not too hard on ourselves. Yeah. You know, we have to give ourselves a slack. Oh, 100%. Yeah. We can't always be go, 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 and you can't always be 100% on. Yeah, no. We can't always blame COVID either. No, you know what? COVID for me was a fucking blessing in disguise. You know, it rattled us up. It made us really, um, I think, as a community, you know, band together, yep. you know. Um, fortunately for me, COVID, it didn't stop for me. You know, um, I had barbershop from home. I was exempted yeah. from lockdowns and isolation. So I, I can't, I can't, you know, relate to a lot of you guys' experiences, being isolated or not seeing families from overseas or missing funerals or birthdays. But for me, it showed me... Um, Show me how easy it was for us to divide, you know, from the, from from opinion, oh. from the media. That, that was scary. Well, big time. Yeah, that was big scary. Time. At that time, um, I had my shop, and I had a staff member who was vaccinated, and a staff member who wasn't vaccinated, and we had all walks of life, you know, and it really, it really opened up my eyes. Um, what COVID did. You know, and the long-lasting effects, and how quickly we forget what happened, and how we just moved on with life so quickly. It got swept down the road so yeah. quick. It's like it's taboo to talk about COVID. Yeah. And talk about who's vaxxed and who's not vaxxed. Well, let me let me just let this sink in. So a lot of you who are vaxxed, a lot of you who are unvaxxed. The one thing you have in common that half you aren't even boosted up yet. So you may think, you know, the vax and non-vax, it's all segregated and divided. But the common grounds is you did what you needed to do to put food on the um, food on the plate for your kids. I understand a lot of you got vaccinated because you thought it was the right thing to do. A lot of you had to because of jobs or, you know, across the borders. Yeah. You know, there's no right or wrong decision you made, you know. But let's be honest, how many are, are us up to date with our boost shots. Yeah, no, it's very strange, isn't it? Yeah, and we, we don't talk about it, and it's weird. I don't know why we don't talk about it. It's, it's, it's not a boost thing. I swear there was a, there was an ad on TV the other day about saying if you're up to date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I know, and they're, they're pushing it. And, you know, like, we go down this rabbit hole, which we're not going to go down this rabbit hole, I'll tell you. That's for part two. But it was, for me, it was, um, it was very eye-opening to um, you know, what you believe in and, and, and what you're willing to sacrifice to stand your ground. Yeah. You know, and how easy it was for people to fold when yeah. you take away alcohol, entertainment and comfort. Oh. You know? don't know how many people threw drinks on me, spat on me and threw things at me when I stand on the door of a pub. I'd be like, you're not vaccinated, you can't come in. Yeah. And then I'll stay there because at that stage you didn't have to be vaxxed to work. Yeah. And they're like, well, are you vaxxed? And I'm like, no, but I'm still here. Yeah. And it was, it was a very interesting time in the world. Well, yeah, it was, um, I like, I heard stories with clients, you know, um, they weren't invited to their Christmas family because they weren't vaxxed. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was one of many stories. Um, I still know family ties now. Don't even speak 
And unfortunately, it, it was so easy. Mm. It was literally like, hey, you know, um, we're all in this together. You know, do, do it for your community. Yeah. And and now we don't even speak about it. You know. And I I really hope that there's no aftermath in the next five, six, ten years of you know what's about to happen. I really hope that there's a positive outcome from this. I hope we get closer as a community. I hope we get to know our neighbours. Um, we learn not to rely on the government. I hope you realise that, you know, we've got Zoom calls now, we can work from home. There's other ways to make income. You know, I, that's what I'm thinking is positive. Yeah. Looking back at it, I wish I utilised the time. <laughs> I just remember just... I just want to go back to work. I'm stressing, like, yeah. what's going on? Like, I'm not making an income now. I've got no money now. Like, yeah. I've got to dip into the savings that I've got. Well, that is just all. You know what? Try have two little kids. Yeah, exactly. Being locked down at home. You know, fortunately, I work from home, so I've got, I've got a bit of escape. But, you know, um, some of these, some of these guys, man, like, you know, in Melbourne or they're locked in fucking, oh yeah, in you know, apartments. Imagine being locked. In an apartment for three, four, five, six months. Yeah. Don't even leave to go to work with the kids. You know, like we're definitely all paying for it now. Yep. A lot of people angry with their tax bills. Oh. I, still, I don't understand how everyone's got a bill this year. Everyone. I know. I know. Even the people that you know do the right thing get that bill. Well. People didn't realise that when you got JobKeeper and right stuff, oh. that was an income. Yeah, and it had to come back somehow. And, um, you know, obviously we took it super as well. You know, it's stuck a lot of people. Um, I tend to do everything that everyone's not doing. Mm. You know, I always found it a bit kind of sketchy that they dropped interest rates 07 2%, and they gave you out your super. You know, and they lowered all the interest rates. And it was only, you know, it was only fixed for two years. Yeah. I was like, that's a bit fishy. You know. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of things that come out of it. Like, like you know, a lot more people are more, um, you know, aware of, you know, what they're putting in their body. You know? Um, a lot more people are aware of, you know, I guess, chemicals around us. Yeah. And what we're eating. And how we're feeling. You know, we're starting to understand more and more. So, I guess with every bad, there is there is good. You know, I appreciate that I can cut hair from anywhere. Yeah. You know, and mind you, we had a fucking deadly virus, and I was still fully complete pulled out. <laughs> God, hey, if I thought that this is a real <laughs> deadly virus, do you think I would let people into my house cutting their hair? No way. No way. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That did have a lot of positives, like you said, it was... Yeah, it was, uh, um, I guess the one thing too, you know, as you said before about money, you know, um, it made us realise that we can't live off the government getting paid 700 bucks a week. No way, that was the biggest yeah. kick in the nuts. Yeah, so I, I feel like it should motivate people. In saying that, I did buy a house during COVID. Why? <laughs> That's the beauty. A lot of people did well, you know. I think in the long, like, we didn't, overextend ourselves like a lot of people did yep. we're definitely stuck within our budget a lot of people pay for it now where we're we're not well I got a shop in, um, in, in COVID yeah you know, I went from home in a single garage and uh, I saw a lot of a lot of leases um, up and a lot of empty shops so I pulled the trigger in 2020 and I negotiated a mad deal and no one knew the future. No one, no one knew the next three or four months. Yeah. To be honest, I had a lot of clients tell me it was a bad idea. Don't do it, you know. Um, it's uncertain times. So I used my house, my house deposit, to take out a shop and check us out on Instagram. But it's pretty mad shop. Nineteen twenties, um, Great Gatsby, Peaky Blinders thing. Yeah, it's a cool thing. And you really feel like you stepped back in time. Yeah, let's see, it's cool in here. Let's see. I do enjoy this show. I designed it myself, and oh, true. yeah, I don't. I just just went with it. You know, I um, I guess sometimes I I, I I've got a great uh, imagination. Yeah. 
creativity side, that's why I'm Barbara and so I guess. Uh, I just want to peel for a couple. Yeah. I don't want to cut corners on the on on the main things like the chairs, the, the waiting area. You know, we I've spent a lot of money on here, but also a lot of effort. And it's, it's it shows I guess that you know, you're comfortable in here. That's good. Come in and wait where you don't have to sit on like an uncomfy chair. Yeah. Sit down, play smart game games. Talk shit. Yeah. Smoke scars. Talk some. Yeah. yeah. That's the way to go. We've got no smoke ones, Phil. No, yeah, that's cool. But um, one of the things that someone did ask us was, will ask you, was when you have a client, are you happy if they just look at you and just say, do whatever? Okay, okay, great question. Great question. Um, that's not how we worded it. I'll tell you how we worded it. Okay, how do you word it? <laughs> Would you prefer your customer sit down and let you cook? Okay, okay. Jamie Sound. Okay, this is the thing. This is the thing, people. When you're a new client and you come sit down in my chair and you say, do whatever you want, you have to understand, I've got about a thousand hairstyles in my head. Now, I need to ask you some questions first. I need to ask you, how often do you do your hair? How much maintenance do you want? You know, what kind of job do you do? What's your kind of style? Before I even make the decision of just doing it. Because what I think looks cool, you might hate. So that is probably the worst thing you can do when you're a new client. Is go to a barber and go, do whatever you want. Give them some direction. Maybe show show them a couple of pictures. Just as inspo. You know? And 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 tell the barber of what you like about the hair. Is it the fade? Is it the texture? Is it the length of the fringe? All those, all those questions, you know, um, helpful. If you're a regular client and you, you, you trust your barber, man, I, I don't, I can't remember the last time the clients told me what to do. You know, like I just, they just sit in the chair and cut here, and they're like, oh shit, that's right. What are you doing today? <laughs> yeah. But I feel like if you're a new client and you're going to a barber for the first time, give them some direction. You know, it, 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 it is hard. When, when I do have new clients come in and go, oh mate, you know, I've heard about you, do whatever you want, you know. I feel like it's like a first date, yeah. you know. When you first meet someone, you have a chat to them, you ask them questions, you get to know who they are. Maybe the third appointment, you know, your barber knows who you are, he knows your kind of style, he knows what kind of job you're doing. Yeah. Um, then you kind of can, like, you know, mate, do whatever you want. Just go for it. Yeah, so great question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They would just come in and just. Mate, do you want trust out? Like, like regulars or? Yeah, well, sometimes I knew. Uh, I did. I did have a client who's regular, and um, he uh, he said to me, uh, "Do it if you want." And people know I hate that question, <laughs> so I shaved his hair off. Was yeah. right. Oh man, he shows the look on his face. Eh? <laughs> he has never, ever, ever said that again to me. Some help, see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he learned his lesson. Because yeah. I said to him, mate, reality is when you ask me to do whatever I want, well, I'm going to do the quickest, most easiest haircut yeah. I can do. Take five minutes. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, another question was Have you ever had any bad mistakes? Like oh. cutting someone? Oh, yeah. Cutthroat? Not a cutthroat. Um, this must have been about, I'd say, 10 years ago. Uh, this is when um, mallets and reddies were in, and they the, wore the back end. <laughs> they, were, they weren't that common 15 years ago, you know, like, I guess the old boys still kept on, you know, they still had them. And I had this one guy, and he had a, he had a, he had a red stuff. And we are just talking, and I was cutting his hair. And as I was cutting his hair, I completely forgot. And I shaved his fucking rat tail off. And this ratty was like fucking 10 years old. Oh no. He was a little plant. And uh, it dawned on me that I just cut it off. And he'd not noticed, because we were in deep conversation, that I just cut his ratty off. So I spent the last, the rest of the half an hour convincing him to cut it off. He needed to reinvent himself, you know, it's so old, you know. 
change your look. You know, he, fortunately he agreed. Oh. And he goes, you know what, mate? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's cut the radio off. And I said, oh, fortunately I've already done that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was a scary moment. Because um, you can tell, there's, you know, you can really tell, doing it for 18 plus years, um, I, I noticed a lot, of, a lot of barbers and clients when they're, you know, in other shops, you can tell if the client's unhappy because he'll stop talking, you know. You can tell a barber doesn't know what he's doing when he stops talking, <laughs> you know. And, and I feel like when I go in barber shops, I always go in barber shops and watch and check them out. And um, sometimes you, you see a barber, he's in too deep, the hair's too long and he doesn't know how to start it. So you'll comb the fucking hair like 10, 20, 30 times in the same spot because it's figuring out, okay, where do I start this haircut? You know? And, and it, it, it's funny because a lot of these new barbers, they're, they're not being trained, you know, basic scissor work. Yeah. It's all just fades, you know? And I'll, I'll tell you, you know, my, my, prediction, my prediction in the next, you know, two, three, five years, 10 years, we're going to have longer hair just like in the 1920s and yeah. the 30s and the 40s and the 1950s. A lot of barbers had a lot of jobs because they're short sides and back, you know. And then we hit the 70s and 80s and that's when men grew their hair long, had colour, got perms. Well, that's why, and then there was no, there was no more, um, you know, barbers. Yeah. Barbers kind of faded out because the short sides and back kind of, you know, lost its trend. And now we're entering, you know, phase, you know, phase of the short sides of that, the months. So we get the perms, we get the cut. And uh, I'm noticing a lot more men having the hair a bit longer. You know, I don't think it's going to be significantly like, you know, every man's going to grow to hair long. But I do feel the need that more barbers need to step up and understand, you know, um, it's not, the haircut's not just a fade. There are, there, are, there are many other hairstyles and you've got to consider bone structure, you know, um, hair density, face shape, you know, the texture of the hair, and the age of the man, what's appropriate haircut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm a bit obsessed when it comes to barbering because I, I like people. Yeah. So for me, um, cutting hair is a byproduct. Uh, I like I like talking to people and ADD, I guess. Keep my hands busy cutting hair. True. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Well, there you go. Well, that comes to where do you get your hair cut? Do you cut your own hair or do you have someone? Okay. Good question. I have long hair. Um, in fact, I always go somewhere that no one knows me. Because when I sit down and get a haircut and people know, you know, my experience with hairdressing and barbering, they keep asking me questions and it's not relaxing. Unlike for you guys, you sit down in the bar chair and you've got your barber and you're having a whiskey or your beer, having a chat, you're not even second guessing what your barber's doing. Now, for a guy with Asian years experience, watching the stylist cut my hair and then asking me, oh, should I go shorter, should I go longer? Hey, Nick, where should I do this part? I don't want to think. I want to relax too. So I tend to go anywhere. I tend to go to a salon, and um, for me, it's pampering. I don't even tell them I'm a barber or a hairdresser. What do you say about us? I just, well, it comes out. <laughs> Afterwards? Well, it comes, you know, well, the funny thing is, it comes out, then they get all, they all start backtracking, you yeah, know? Yeah, and they're like, fuck, just, I've got long hair. Yeah. Come here, little girl. <laughs> you know, tickle my hair. Simple. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> One of, um, one of my all-time favourite movies is Sweeney Todd. Yes, I love Johnny Depp. Yeah. Does that ever run through your mind? You know what? Like we can get away with the murder here. It's um, <laughs> it's pretty easy to to slip someone's soap in the cup, though. To be honest, it's oh, pretty easy. I could imagine. Yeah. And you got to remember, boys, it's pretty easy for us to fuck your hair up too. Yeah. You know, I, I always tell people, never complain to a chef about your food before you've eaten it. Yeah, 100%. You know. I am a qualified chef. Oh, okay. So you understand that? I personally never was a petty person. 
but I've worked with chefs who have done some oh, man. things. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Can you please give us one story? Um, the best one would just be like a steak that was undercooked and he literally put it down his pants and then in the deep fryer and then like you'd know, you'd know straight away and then just back on the, on the plate and set it out. And I ate it. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was oh, the greatest mistake you've made. That was so bad. That was so bad. I just feel like people these days are, like, they don't appreciate. It's normally the people with no money mm-hmm. who, who, who eat the snobbiest. Yeah. You know, um, in my experience, a lot of my clients are, fuck, like, they're bosses. You know, and you wouldn't even know because they don't care. They're not wearing a big gold chain, they're not covered in tents, you know. Coming here in shorts and similar t-shirts, Peter Chill, and yeah, CEOs, and uh, they're great men, polite, grounded. You know, it's the one, the rude ones, are the ones with no money. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, and, and like, I've noticed that. You know, that's why I tell people we're we're busy, not because we're cheap. We're busy because we give a shit, and um, we we have a, like, a very high standard customer service and accommodating every client. You know, we have we have women in here um, with, with kids and they love coming in here because they're single women. And um, they love the fact that their, their kids have good role models as barbers and clients. Yeah. And for me, that's kind of cool. Um, you kind of forget that. You know, like sometimes they I'm just cutting hair, I'm just a barber. But I've got kids I've been cutting hair eight years now and I've watched them grow up. I've, I've had clients um, tell me their first date, and now they're married with two kids with them. You know? <laughs> That's pretty yeah, you, I get invited to birthday parties, engagement parties, um, gender reveals, weddings. You know, I do a lot of weddings, and you tend to realise, wow, you know, you actually are building a community. Yeah. And another question also from Jamie was, do you like it when customers talk? We've kind of touched on that. Okay. To be honest, you know, you've really got to read your client. Now, some clients have come in here and had a big long day, you know, and sometimes they just want to unwind and we're usually talking. Well, sometimes they want the barber to shut the fuck up and listen. <laughs> yeah. You know, I do feel like it's rude when barbers speak amongst each other and don't interact with the client. Yeah. Um, I find that really rude. Um, I enjoy my clients because we're all mates. Um, clients in my chair, it's not work. It's catch up with a friend. Yeah. Uh, answer your question, I enjoy the chat. Um, if your barber doesn't enjoy the chat, then you hit the wrong barber, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> your barber should be your mate. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree 100%. I, I should, um, I've got clients who fly to Sydney, get haircuts with me from Melbourne, Brisbane, and you know, sometimes they, they you know, obviously they can't get haircut every time with me if they live in Sydney and Melbourne. But they do tell me that um, when they go elsewhere, they're nearly falling asleep because uh, the chat's boring or the barber's not talking to them or the barber's aren't even interacting with them. I find that really rude. I feel like, you know, these barbers are kind of, they think they're rock stars, you know. It's like some of these barbers think that, that you're doing the favour by coming in and getting the haircut. Yeah. You know, I appreciate clients walk in, book in, call up, text us. You know, like me, I appreciate that people actually make the time to come see me. And that's probably why we have such a massive clientele here. In, in saying that, I could easily fall asleep with an haircut. It's, it's, it's very relaxing. Bad. I do look at Well, Well, think about it. How many times... How often do you get opportunity to sit down in a chair, no phone, no TV, yeah. and someone playing with your hair? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Especially with my beard, I could just so easily just. It's relaxing. Dose off. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and that's how it should be. Yeah. You know, like I I really hope the barber scene continues to grow and to change. Um, I'm loving these men groups. I'm loving how we're we're talking more about. 
you know, just masculine and, and using feminine energies together as a superpower. Uh, I do love men are more grounded and women are taking about the power, you know. Um, and, you know, I think it's important for both men and women to have their, 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 their roles. And their, but it doesn't, you know, their roles can reverse and you can, you know. Sometimes a man can come home and cook dinner and the partner go out for groups. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think there should be a rule. Whatever works. I know some men who stay home and, and the partners work full time. Yeah, it's uh, one of my Mrs. Grimm. Yeah. Kids. She's <laughs> the breadwinner. Well, honestly, <laughs> and, and it takes a strong man to really humble himself and actually take pride about being a stay home dad. Yeah. 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 She doesn't like it when I say I'm going to coffee with the girls every morning and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like for me, um, when I was working from home, I had an opportunity to only do three days a week. Uh, I had my son, he was about probably. My partner went to work after my son was nine weeks old. Yeah, so I was a, I, I stayed at home two days a week, three days a week. Had my work three days a week, and my partner stayed home. She worked two, three days a week. It was a cool balance. I think um, every father should at least stay home and let your partner go out for at least a couple of days just to understand like, what actually goes on. Yeah, 100%. And fuck. Like, I take it off to all those single women out there, single mums and single dads, you know. And it takes guts, um, dedication, and a lot of a lot of patience mm. to be the mum and dad, yeah. one person. It's interesting because a lot of men in my life, like my uncle in particular, he's a stay-at-home dad, and his wife, my auntie, just goes to work, and not just goes to work. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. goes to work, and he looks after the four kids. That yeah. Always yep. But you know the beauty. The, yeah, the beauty thing about that, I guarantee he's in a great relationship with his kids. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. Yeah, he knows his inside now. Yeah. You know, and I feel like um, I, I I've noticed a lot of uh, like I do the drop offs at daycare with my, with my kids before work, and um, I notice a lot more lot more fathers doing pickups than drop offs. Yeah. And it's a, it's awesome to see. Yeah, 100 good to see. Now we'll wrap up this episode. We've got a, we'll do another one. Definitely yeah, do another one. But where can everyone find you? So um, OnlyFans. <laughs> you worship. <laughs> uh, Connolly and Co. Uh, barbers. Uh, you can reach us uh, through Instagram, um, email. You can web, work on a website too. Um, you can text us. You know. We're 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 everywhere. Yeah. We'll tag you anyway. Yeah, just seriously, no questions too small. Um, if you want to know more about you know barbering, or you want to come in for, as a client, or you just want to check out the place, seriously, everyone's welcome. You know, we we're happy to even come and have a chat. Yeah, nice. You do also rent the space out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a nineteen twenties um, like kind of decor. Um, just picture Great Gatsby or Peaky Blinders. I've got a lot of antiques in here. Um, a lot of the stuff is real, you know, it's like over 100 years old, yeah, you know, um, cool. and it's all private, so we've got like beautiful velvet curtains, um, so if you've got any photo shoots you want to do, or videos, or OnlyFans, only you know, <laughs> <hold on. laughs> um, I'm happy to be um, the lighting guy, you know? I can point directions, you know, but, but seriously, if you've got photo shoots, or you want to do something cool in here, if you're a photographer, or you're a model, or you want to try saying dress ups, honestly, I'm really happy to help and um, I'm curious of just, you know, what's out there and what people want to do. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, people are weird and I love it. Leather lounge is easy to claim. Oh, yes, I see <laughs> But um, I'll finish with what is the weirdest thing a client has asked you? Pair weirdest thing. Not. The weirdest thing. Actually, a few weeks ago. <laughs> Had a client had a um, he was he was having a date and um, he needed to shave his back <laughs> and uh, so I got my first set apprentice to shave his back yeah nice <laughs> in the back room because uh, I might uh, request that next time I need to be it was funny because you know he had, he, he had a partner for so long yeah so he just took granted of his partner shaving his back yeah easy and then, yeah. <laughs> So that's probably the weirdest request I've had. 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the man who never says no. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. Like, Thanks for hosting us. We'll be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely. Hey, if you want, if you want back, vote yes. <laughs> See you guys. See ya. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Off Season Podcast with your host, Kyle. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.